Before we begin this week's broadcast, please be aware this podcast contains sensitive subject matter regarding mental health and suicide. If you think this may cause some distress, please consider not listening any further. If you or anyone you know is going through tough times, see the episode's show notes for links to organisations that offer professional help. Hi guys, and a huge welcome to the Dedicate Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Ivey. Today, I'm chatting to our absolutely fabulous new yoga and Pilates instructor, M. Herbert. M shares with us her life story so you can get to know her a bit better. She is a woman of many talents and interests and has also had her fair share of tragedy. While at university, Em lost her best friend to suicide. So she talks us through her path that followed and how she was able to enjoy life again. Em also has a beautiful love story and as a writer and journalist, she has a way with words. So this is a fabulous listen. Thanks Em. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I'm all right. How are you going? Good. How's your finger? Anna said you like slammed it in the window or something. Oh my God. It was such a palaver. I was filming my um, bee yoga yesterday yeah. and I was about halfway through and the dog, the neighbor's dog who I hate and am considering poisoning um, just started going <laughs> off. And I swear, I was like, oh, you fucker. So I went over to the, shut the window. But we've got flooding again in Tamworth. Oh. And so the um, we've got these old wooden sash windows and it was stuck and I couldn't get it down. So I thought, oh, shove it up to just get it working again and put all my weight underneath it and um, got my middle finger in the top of it and then couldn't get it off. And so it was, and it was completely flat. I took it out. You know, when you see something and you feel physically sick because yeah. it just doesn't look like it's meant to. <laughs> and then the blood started pouring out and it was just totally flat. And I was in such a state. I know it just hurts so much. Yeah. And wow. um, anyway, it's fine. I went up to emergency and they did an X-ray and it's not broken, but it's just oh, really gosh. swollen and black. So oh. um, I'm just going to change my workout so it's I'm not doing any downward dogs or anything oh that's a good idea it's mm, a great so idea I'll do that tomorrow yeah <laughs> give it a day <laughs> hey, what? Oh, it's just man. been one it's almost like the things start rolling one after the other mm-hmm. you know like something yeah. goes pear-shaped and then yeah more... yeah and it's like also because when things start going pear-shaped you don't like you might have been flustered and stuff as well that's so exactly it like causes, what it was. Yeah. You know, I was rushing because I had mm. so much to do. And yeah. It's like, oh, I've got to get this done and then I'll get this done. And then mm. you go sit in emergency for four hours and think of all the things that you could yeah. have done. But it actually teaches you the lesson that um it wasn't the end of the world, was it? Like And also this, just slow down. Yeah, exactly. The world like, does not stop spinning <laughs> that you didn't answer that email. <laughs> Surprisingly. <Love it>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so so good to see you again. It was um so much fun in Australia. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was such a great great few days. Um, so today, I thought what we'd do is talk a bit about you and your background, people to get to know you. Talk about your rock bottom and how you got through it, and then go into your yoga and Pilates journey, mm-hmm. and then some Q and A, some fun Q and A. Awesome, that sounds good. So yeah, thanks so much so much for being here, Em. Um, yeah, we had such a fun time, didn't we? In, oh, it was a blast. Yeah, in Victoria. It was really cool to get to know you so early on in the process as well. 
And that's the special thing, I think, particularly when you do work remotely and digitally. I mean, I was meeting women at that weekend that I've worked with for three, four yeah. years yeah. and have never met in person before. So the fact that, you know, I joined the Dedicate team a month ago and yeah. then we're meeting you and Anna straight away. It was, it was remarkable. It was, it was really, really cool. So much fun. Yeah. Um, and so let's use this opportunity to get to know a bit more about you and for our members to get to know a bit more about you. So I know a bit. You sh- normally I don't know. I find it easier to interview when you don't know because <laughs> you do a lot of research for yours, don't you? But I mean, that's it's quite different in that I'm having to squeeze these into my chaotic schedule. I'm not saying yours isn't chaotic, but um, I wouldn't do this if I had to spend four to six hours researching. Hmm. Yeah, I did listen to two of your podcasts, though. Um, so yeah, I do know the gist. Um, but anyway, you spend a lot of time around the world growing up. Yeah, we did as children. So my dad is actually from New Zealand. He's from the North Island from Waipakarau and he became a professional polo player early on. Um, and he used to travel around the countries. Um, particularly the UK, spent a lot of time over there playing. And so when we came along, um, I was, uh, my parents were in the UK actually playing, dad was playing polo when I was born. So I was born just outside London and then we moved back to New Zealand. Yeah, back to New Zealand and we spent the next couple of years kind of skipping around. Um, I went to quite a few different primary schools alongside my sister and um, we would spend four four months or so in the UK every year for the season and also spent um, I think it was just under a month in France for the Gold Cup over there and you know so we'd skip around and yeah. either were homeschooled or, or went to local primary schools wherever we kind of were so it was um, it was a really different childhood for I guess a kid from Gunnada from regional New South Wales and I think that probably gave me a sense of aptitude and also definitely broadened my horizons in terms of what was possible. But So how much time did you spend in Australia? Because you definitely sound Australian, but not oh, completely. Yeah. So was it mostly in Australia, but you spent a bit of time yes. elsewhere? Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely mostly. Our, our home base was in Australia. Yeah. And then when we... Um, when I started high school, I went to, I was a weekly boarder at a boarding school in Tamworth. And then when my sister started high school, my family moved to Tamworth so that we could both be day girls. And so we went to one high school. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And you're into horses, like very horsey. Mm, definitely I think uh, we all joke that if you weren't into horses you would never see your family because mum and dad are are really into it mum's a a beautiful dressage rider and um, as kids we didn't really play polo but we did a lot of one day eventing and show jumping and all the pony club stuff and that was just our lifeblood so we weren't able to play any team sports because we were always away on the weekend competing I think one of the most humiliating humiliating moments was um I had one ill-fated term as a netballer in year six and I rocked up um and hadn't been there for ages because we'd been away competing and my team had been knocked out of the comp like a month prior so that was I think the beginning of the end of my (laughs) team sports moment and I um 
in high school we did like water polo and um touch footy and things that happened during the week but yeah. weekends were very much for mm-hmm. gallivanting all around the countryside mum was amazing she worked full-time and she still managed to drive the truck all over the state yeah, for wow. us to compete yeah because it's, really it's a real um it's almost I'm going to say cult like the the horse scene oh, isn't it it's lifestyle yeah sure. lifestyle that's a, that's a nicer word. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit less demonic. Yeah. Um, we, you know, it's, it's all in. If you want to be competitive and you want to be um, good at your sport, then it's everything. And you're feeding horses before and after school and often riding before and after. If you've got big mm-hmm. comps coming up, there's lessons. And um, it was very much you feed your horse before yourself. And that taught us discipline. It taught mm-hmm. us commitment. Um, it taught us, I think, you know, if you're going to do something, you do it really well. Yeah. And, and we're all very competitive as passive yeah. as I seem on the outside. So, <laughs> so, and it was really fun because we all did it together. I mean, yeah. and now I really, it's one of my biggest blessings is that I live close to mum, she and I, and my sister, we all have our horses and we go mm-hmm. off competing on the weekends together. Mum will stand on the sideline with the pram and then I'll jump off and, and take the baby and she'll get on a horse and we do yeah, it together. That's so and it's cool, so isn't it? Fun. No, so it's nice. Awesome. Yeah. And Huck already, Huck, who is your son, um, I know you know, but for those listening, <laughs> um, he is getting into it already. He had the most beautiful pony who was oh, um, right. toothless yeah. and 29 yeah. and yeah. the quietest, most gorgeous thing in the world called Elabella, this funny, hairy, spotted thing who yeah. lived in the garden and didn't have any teeth. So she just left balls of munched up grass around. She was costing us a fortune in this specialist <laughs> horse feed. But she unfortunately um, moved on to the big paddock in the sky yeah. about a month ago. So we're on the lookout for... Uh, the next pony for Huck, which is ridiculous because he's 22 months old <laughs> and all he wants to do is lead it around. But yeah, but no know. doubt you, you you had the same when you were yeah. younger. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think I had my first pony at two, which my grandmother oh, uh, drove past a paddock and saw this cute little black pony in the in the front yard and drove up to the house and asked to buy it, <laughs> not realizing that she was the devil reincarnated Twinkle and oh, used no. to take chunks out of us regularly but you know it it breeds resilience and fortitude (laughs) love it love it love it and so after high school you studied journalism am I right yes so I had a gap year I worked as a polo groom for a company down south called Grangular we spent the year traveling around to big polo carnivals in Queensland New South Wales um, and and Victoria and that was fabulous Um, work hard play hard and then the following year I moved to Sydney into uh, college at the University of New South Wales, where I started studying a BA of media comms, which I just kind of fell into and didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew that I liked writing, um, Mm -hmm. but I knew that I liked maths less. So that's how I ended up kind of. So it wasn't a major passion to begin with. It was just like, okay, I'm pretty good at that. So. Yeah. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. Really, It's hard when you're that age trying to work out what you want to do. Absolutely. I still don't know mm. what I want to do when I grow up. So my <laughs> well, friend we haven't said, grown up quite yet, have we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my friend from school said she was going to study journalism. I thought, oh yeah, maybe that's what I'll that do. Sounds kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's how I ended up on campus living in college, um, which was, yeah, a really awesome first year. I had an absolute blast as most kids in college do. Yeah. 
I mean, just too much partying and not mm. enough studying. But all the kids, or most of the kids, were country kids, and you could really spot them in the crowds in in mm. Sydney. Yeah, that's so cool. And was yours uni like mine? So you'd be partying lots, but come exam time, the library was just packed, and everyone would study. It was the norm to study for your exams. It wasn't like, oh, what are you doing? It was normal mm. to. Oh yeah. To it was work hard, play hard. Yeah, definitely. Though I think um, I was definitely lost in Sydney. My university was so huge Mm -hmm. and I didn't, I felt like a real fish out of water in the city. I didn't even know how to catch a bus or a train or, and Sydney's so big and so bustling. It is lovely in that um, the university is based in Randwick. So Coogee Beach is just a 20 minute walk away. And in that respect, it's a really nice place to live, but very expensive and really full on for a pretty small, small country gal for as much travel as I'd done. Yeah. So imagine it would be a massive, massive jump for a lot of um, people who, you know, grew up in regional rural Australia, but didn't get that travel. Definitely. And I think I probably would have been better off going to a a smaller regional university like Mm -hmm. Armidale or Newcastle. It was probably a bit too much of a leap for someone who was quite so protected and I Mm -hmm. think had been very much um, enmeshed in my family world and and the horses and, you know, pretty small town. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, Whereas some people could have grown up in the country but still be fine. Yeah. 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 I think for me it was just, um, it was pretty scary, pretty full on. So, yeah, but I, I really enjoyed it and I made some amazing friends who are yeah. still my mates today. And how long were you at uni? Uh, so I was there Sydney. for uh, I was there for three years. So I was yeah. in college. I went back to college for a second year, which was cut short um, halfway through that year. I lost my best friend, unfortunately, to suicide. So mm. um, I moved out of college straight away where we were both living and ended up kind of couch surfing completely at a loss didn't know where it was that I was going to kind of be based and I probably should have just withdrawn from university altogether because it was really such a challenge trying to keep Mm. up with my studies whilst mired in this world of of grief and loss that I'd never experienced before particularly at that scale so um, that really was a crossroads moment for me in Mm. terms of my educational journey and also just life in general life yeah Mm. and so we may as well talk about that if you're happy to now um did you grow up with her in Tamworth as well or did you meet her in Sydney uh we actually met a couple of years prior to college she's a Tamworth girl as well but was a really good friend of my really good friend from school but Mm -hmm. Maddie went to a different school to me um and so we met I think it was at a birthday party but then were reintroduced at O Week yeah. during that first year of college, and we just really clicked, and then became kind of inseparable. And yeah. um, it was like you know people would joke we we're an old married couple, and yeah. at dinner I'd get the cups of tea and she'd get the cutlery, and you know we just kind of moved in tandem. She was extremely bright and uh, the kind of light of the party, and so much fun but also incredibly nurturing and the real mother hen of our our friendship group so um yeah and she was just um just yeah one of life's most beautiful people and so mm. I got to know her family very well because we drive back and forth from Sydney um when we we're back in town for uni holidays we spent a lot of time at each other's homes and mm-hmm. 
um, she had three brothers who are all absolute characters and a lot yeah. of fun and, and her parents are just wonderful people. So, yeah, it was we became very close very, very quickly. And had she always struggled with her mental health? Um, I think probably she definitely had a, a predisposition to it and... Um, was it in the family or was yeah yeah yep it was in the in the family and I I would I don't want to speak out of turn because it's not my story to tell but mm. she was diagnosed with depression um I I believe kind of mid to late first year but she really didn't want to tell anybody and even to me she was really really quiet about it for a long time mm -hmm. um, until she finally opened up and I was um, so surprised that it took her so long but I think she felt a lot of shame and a lot of stigma around mm -hmm. her diagnosis well it was, a, was I mean how many years ago was it now it's talked about a lot now but it's mm -hmm. only just sort of happening isn't it, it didn't... yeah yeah this is 2010 so yeah 12 years ago mm -hmm. and um and she was like an immensely private person around those sort of challenges but when she did tell me you know we discussed it so much and I just really promised her that I would go with her the whole way and that I was there for her and I made a real um I just remember making a very conscious decision that you know I was all in in mm -hmm. terms of the friendship and um even though it was something that I found quite scary because it was a real unknown for me. I mm -hmm. was really um, certain that I was going to be able to to help her through. And so, um, come kind of the middle of uh, the following year, our second year of university, we're driving back from Tamworth to Sydney, and she was telling me how she was on this new medication, and she'd felt like she turned a real corner and mm -hmm. was feeling so much better and we both cried kind of out of relief and hope mm -hmm. and joy because it felt like she was really um on a, in a different place and, mm -hmm. and the previous six months had been really hard and pretty dark for her so um I felt like a real sense of optimism that things were going to be better for for her and um and unfortunately probably was it wouldn't have been a week later 10 uh. days later um we'd been out for a night and uh, she'd been partying and uh, she probably, well, she shouldn't have been drinking with her medication. And I don't know where it went wrong, um, but I went home early and yes, it just, it was really so sad and so tragic. And did you I find the last? Um, yes. And, and I've spent the last 12 years obviously going over and over and over the what ifs and the, mm. where could I have done something differently? Where could we as uh, her village and mm. her support system and um, just the greater network and, and the society, you yeah. know, it goes, Everything. it ripples out and out yeah. and out. And those what ifs ha have plagued me forever and, and will probably do so. But I've done a lot of work around that guilt that mm. I carry and, um, and the the choice the choices that we all make and mm -hmm. um and the fact that I just can't do anything about it now mm. except to uh tell my story in a way that hopefully will help others and yeah. encourage conversation and uh break down stigma and uh, yeah so when you've um spoken to others about it who were in a s similar position to her really suffering with depression have you learned um a bit about where her head was at and what would have made her make that decision um well I, I can't because I 
cannot speak from her perspective and I have never experienced the depths of her despair. So Mm. again, it's really, it's such a nuanced conversation that I don't feel I can speak for anybody else except for my own experience. Mm. Um, Looking back, I mean, we were 21. I just Mm. turned 21. She spoke at my 21st birthday party and three weeks later I spoke at her funeral. So Mm. we were just babies Mm. and I look back and I feel so much compassion um, for for her and also for myself, like that baby Emily who was totally floundering and didn't really know the best way to support. And I look back and I completely cringe at things I said, like um, you know, trying to trying to say, oh, you, we've got so much to look forward to, and mm. we've got so much to be grateful for, and can't you just focus on the positives? And um, you're nearly through university, mm-hmm. but they're just unhelpful things. Mm. But I didn't know you were doing no your idea. absolute best at the time. Yeah, that's and right. I'm sure and, she would have appreciated that too. You can tell when someone's trying, you know, perhaps. But for her, I mean, just the fatigue and exhaustion of feeling so dreadful all the time. Mm. I don't think it's helpful when someone's being unhelpful, no, with, with well intentioned but misplaced, mm-hmm. um, kind of, and could be yeah, potentially sentiments. why she didn't want to talk about it much because when she does yeah you know it, it doesn't help a lot better for me to just say babe it, it sounds so shit yeah let me give you a cuddle and let's go get a, a cup of tea and mm-hmm. um maybe I can come with you to your next appointment or but I wish that I'd spoken to somebody else maybe her I wish that there'd been more of a dialogue an open dialogue with her parents or her doctors or um the yeah, college so you knew administrators how to su- so you knew yeah, how to support yeah bring in some adults man I mean we were just yeah. too, too yeah. little and I I wish that I'd had more guidance there mm. sought more guidance for sure so for anyone that's listening who um, is going through something similar to you as in they're wanting to support someone who's struggling what would your advice be Oh, I would seek it from professionals for, yeah. for certain. And I would really encourage an open dialogue around how to keep somebody safe. Um, and that is a whole team effort, all of the families and the friends and the and the, the mental health professionals and the doctors and um, really working collaboratively rather than in silos and in silence so that you can keep the person that you love safe. Mm-hmm. I would also ask outright if there's someone that you're worried about to ask them if they have any ideas of whether they are going to harm themselves or any suicidal ideation, because I used to think, and I know a lot of people do that you have this misguided idea that if you were to ask somebody that you're going to put that idea in their head, which is Mm -hmm. complete BS because that if they have that idea, it's always going to be in their head Mm -hmm. at the back of their mind. It's far better for you to know that so that you can then put together a strategy with other professionals Mm -hmm. around how to keep them safe and who they're going to reach out to if things get overwhelming or it's, it's looking like it's um, it's going to be too much. Mm -hmm. So um, I would just really bring in the cavalry, use yep. every support available. And if you don't know where to start, go to your GP, Yeah, you know, and especially in Australia, we have this incredible uh, mental health care plan, which you can access through your GP, where you can access, um, I think it's six to eight free mental health sessions with a psych- with a registered psychologist. And for the, those who are supporting, you also need support. So it's really important for you to understand your own strategies around self-care and, and how to deal with your own anxieties. So, yeah, 
Oh, and in New I Zealand, would... I'm not actually sure how it works the, through the GP, but I do know you can get three free sessions through Will to Live. And again, like I'm not a professional. I'm just speaking from personal experience. So, um... And so how was your, like obviously it was painful, but how did you get through it and get to where you are now where you have always got those feelings of guilt, but you're at peace with it? Oh, well, it's taken 12 years mm. and it's certainly been a roller coaster of a ride. I think that first um, first year after Maddie died, I um, w- it was really bad. It was really challenging. And I saw a couple of different counsellors who did not help and I didn't click with at all. Yeah. And then a year later, I had a friend who actually recommended that I go and see the psychologist that they were seeing who had really helped them. And when I went to this psychologist, it turned out that all these symptoms that I'd been experiencing were actually uh, manifestations of post-traumatic stress disorder. I just thought that they were um, how I was now after, mm-hmm. after um, that, that night that Maddie died. So, um, but they were actually a diagnosable um, condition, which actually was a relief for me because I thought I was quote unquote crazy Mm -hmm. because I was experiencing flashbacks and insomnia. I was really struggling to do simple things like um, open a door or close my eyes in the shower to wash my hair because I just had this um, all, all encompassing impending sense of doom and anxiety I had a lot Mm -hmm. of fear around other friends or family members being hurt or dying Mm -hmm. Um, I I had a real fear of being alone I was very hypersensitive to bright noise or uh, bright lights or or sudden noises Um, sweating really weird physical experiences that I'd never experienced but I just thought that was the way I was and so when I was diagnosed with PTSD Um, I then underwent something called cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT therapy, and that worked really well for me. So all of my physical symptoms disappeared after my 10 sessions with um, Catherine, my psychologist. It wasn't an easy um, experience in that I had to continually um, go over the whole thing Mm -hmm. is starting a couple of weeks before Maddie died and a couple of weeks after. And, um, but the period of going over and over and over that helped to desensitize my brain and helped my brain to process something that the incredible shock of her dying, um, it kind of had splintered my consciousness, which I don't think that's a a medical term, but that's how it felt to me. Um, and so that this skipping of my brain and my inability to focus or to remember certain things and this incredible emotional numbness were all survival tactics for my body to try and keep me safe. Mm-hmm. So um, there was a reason why I was doing all these things, but yeah. I, I didn't know how to stop them. Mm-hmm. So um, that was such a relief to have those physical symptoms disappear. But um, after a while, I... I thought just to go back to those sessions, they were very, very difficult, but, and I used to wake up every morning trying to think of an excuse as to why I I couldn't Mm. go to see Catherine, my psychologist. Because I think that is a barrier for some people, isn't it? Because it is for me to like, do you have the energy and strength to go through it all? Yeah, totally. Which is why I, I 
try to incorporate it into when I'm talking about this because I think it's really important to hold yourself accountable by bringing other people in. Mm -hmm. So my sister used to sometimes come with me and sit outside while Mm -hmm. I went in for my session or my mum used to call me on the mornings of my appointments and um, make sure that I was going. Mm -hmm. I had friends who'd check in afterwards so again, bringing that support system in to ensure that you are accountable because it does work and it mm-hmm. is helpful and you have to think of the long-term picture. So that short-term pain, which it is, um, and then to understand that after the session, you're wiped emotionally, the fatigue mm-hmm. is huge. And so, you know, to not go to work after that, but to go home and rest and, mm-hmm. um, and you know, get yourself back on your feet. So, um, but that worked really well for me. And then a couple of years later, I ended up seeing um, another coach style person through my aunt because I was having these very dark thoughts and um, I think it was the guilt resurfacing. Mm -hmm. So because of the shock and the trauma around Maddie's passing, I hadn't really allowed myself to grieve because I was too busy being encompassed within that that grief. Mm -hmm. And so later on, um, I had to work through that grief and that guilt and um, and I've done a lot of, I've seen probably four professionals over the last eight years who have mm-hmm. all really helped in their own way and who I've seen for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that was a, a really big, a big thing for me. And because you were saying you started off with two that didn't really work for you, mm-hmm. I think that's another challenging thing, isn't it? Finding someone that works for you but I guess you just have to keep trying don't you yes you do and you will find someone that you click with but it might not be the first five people that you go to see Mm -hmm. you know give them some time but that's where it can really help getting a recommendation from a friend somebody Mm -hmm. who you trust who says this person really helped me and I've since passed on Catherine's email address to three friends who've all gone to see her so you know it it does work in that way those kind of swings and roundabouts but yeah you do have to find the person that works for you Mm -hmm. and the beauty of of um, technology is that there is now telehealth available so even if there's no one available locally you will be able to find someone who you really like online yeah that's so good Mm, this is off off the record because those are massive barriers for me um I know I need to, I've talked about it so much on on the podcast, actually, I know I need to work through some stuff. I've contacted one and they didn't get back to me and Mm. then I haven't got around to trying again, Mm. but definitely I I want the person that's going to work now, Yeah, but I need to put in the effort to actually find them. Mm. Um, And you were saying about um, how wiped out you were, Mm. I spoke on a podcast recently about my motherhood journey and I probably, instead of speaking on a podcast, I should have been speaking to a therapist Mm. and I was absolutely exhausted afterwards, Mm. absolutely wiped for the whole rest Mm. of the day. Mm. It's it's so full on and it's very um, vulnerable and uh, these are things that we keep really repressed and tapped mm. down nice and tight. Mm. And then often something, it only takes one thing like slamming your finger in a bloody window yeah. to let everything else out, mm-hmm. opens Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. So, um, And you think, yeah. I can't do this anymore. It's, mm. <laughs> I, I find it challenging if, I'm, if I can't find something mm-hmm. and it's, um, then I start like, I haven't got time to, 
clean out every cupboard in this house, but it needs doing. And you start just thinking that you've got the whole world on your shoulders and that you've got too much to do when actually, mm. you know, it didn't matter yesterday. Mm. So mm. it's okay today. Yeah. And yeah. that's where you come back to your foundations, mm. sleep, um, rest, good food, mm. movement, being outside. Mm-hmm time spent with family and friends and time spent alone. Mm. I think it's, especially as mothers, um, I, I would describe myself as a confident um, introvert. So I really do reset and get more energy by being alone. Yeah, it was really interesting being um, at the event with you because you are such an extrovert and seeing you exhausted at the end of the day and mm. needing your own time because it's mm. like you've given all all you've got. Mm. Um, well, I think that's, yeah, that's probably my own fault, but I like to leave people feeling. It's not a fault. And, it's just a, it's an amazing quality. But I do then need to go and reset, which is why mm. I then go and do a meditation or take myself off. And I know when I need that 30 minutes and I didn't used to, and I wouldn't, I didn't used to allow myself the gift of resetting yeah. um, because I thought that I had to be everything to everyone but um now I realize that I do my best work when I have that time to myself Mm. yeah that's important um and so when did you get back to finishing your degree no I I just went I carried through so I um did the three years uh continually you just keep going you didn't stop you didn't take a break no I went back home for a little for a little bit, but I thought if I stopped, I would never come back. And maybe yeah. that would was true, mm-hmm. but maybe it wasn't as well. Mm. Um, I don't know, but I just carried on and I don't think I did very well. And I really struggled to concentrate and even read a paragraph. I'd find that I'd have to read the same paragraph like seven times to mm. for it to sink in. Because my brain, it honestly felt like a skipping stone on a river. It just was mm-hmm. jumping all over the place. Um, but I um, scraped through and uh, finished and then moved home and worked for six months to save up and then went overseas, moved to the UK for a couple of years, which was fabulous. I went yeah. travelling and worked as a journalist over there and had an amazing, amazing time, did a ski season in France. Like it was just incredible. But always it's interesting you think um, – if this happens or when this happens, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And I used to always think, oh, when I'm overseas or when I'm traveling, I'll be happy or when I'm away. But it turns out that your baggage actually comes with you, surprisingly. And the grief and the whole is still there, even mm-hmm. if you're in Italy sipping, you know, espressos. Yeah. So <laughs> I had to do uh, some work on, on my return because the grief was still there. Mm-hmm. And the the main work you did was that before or after you went traveling, like uh, oh the CBT that yeah. was in my last year of university. I see. So while I yeah. was yeah um, yeah still yeah. studying, yeah, I used to catch the bus to Bondi Junction and go and see my psychologist, and then nice. cry all the way home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then tell us a story about how you met your man. Yeah, so Adam, um, he is, my husband is Welsh, he's from Wales, and he actually was in Australia for two years, and he was working down in Threbo, uh, which is our poultry excuse for a, a ski season, <laughs> yeah. working um, 
down there with my sister who was on her gap year in between uni and a high school and uni. And so um, after Maddie died, it would have been maybe three or four months. My sister said, come on down, come and see me. Maybe you know, it would have only been a couple of months later. Um, come and see me and stay for a week and we'll just, you know, have a nice time. And I went down, I met ads and there was a real click straight away. Um, and we ended up getting together a couple of months after that. And he ended up staying for an, an extra year and a half on top of his visa. So he was working as a sculptor, um, as an artist in residence for a gallery down south near Yass, the Crisp Galleries. Um, and then his visa ran out and he had to move home and we broke up. And Adam and I, we always joke that we do things in two and a half year stints. So we'd been together for around two and a half years and then we broke up and then I went over traveling. We got back together. I stayed over there for two and a half years yeah. and we lived in his, um, he was doing up a, a barn into a house and that was pretty hilarious in, in the rural Welsh countryside. So we lived there for a while. I worked for a local newspaper um, which again was hysterical in and of itself. And then my visa ran out. So I moved home and we broke up again. So we were kind of caught between the visa systems <laughs> between each other's countries. I moved back to Australia where I worked as a journalist. First, I worked for um, a mental health organization called Batyr, B-A-T-Y-R. They do remarkable stuff within the youth mental health space. And I worked for them for around two years here in Tamworth, but that was a part-time position. And so during that time, my mum actually saw in the paper that the local TV news station was looking for a journalist for Sundays. Yeah. And so I applied for the job and got it, never awesome. done broadcast news and mm -hmm. it was serious Um you know, dump, jumping into deep water and definitely not swimming. I look, I actually would not even look back at my early stuff. It was so <laughs> unbelievably terrible. And also it was a graveyard shift. So there was no news on a Sunday. Yeah. So you're covering a lot of like fundraiser walks and yeah. charity events. But eventually. It's sort of a I, stepping stone sort of yeah, job. Yeah, it's a stepping stone. Yeah. And, and it was great. I loved it. And that eventually led me into working for um, Prime 7 News, which is the regional um, of Channel 7 here in Tamworth full-time, awesome. uh, which I did for a year, uh, just over a year. So all in all, I did broadcast TV news for about three years here, which was amazing. Yeah, very cool. Mm, yeah. And so at this point you were separated from ads? Yep, I was. And, and you went over to visit him or something like that? What was oh, it? I went over for a wedding in the UK. Yeah, so for... he was still in the UK. You were back in Australia. He was yeah. living in Wales. I was in Australia. I went over for my god sister's wedding with my mum and my sister. And Ads and I caught up. And it was obvious that, you know, there was a lot of unfinished business there. <laughs> yeah. But I was very resistant to, and to the And you'd had other, other partners and stuff between, hadn't you? Yes. Yep. And, and so had you had kept he... in touch? No, no. So Jill was just like, we can't. It like, was too hard. We, yeah. yeah. Um, but do you and... stalk him on Facebook or anything like oh, that? obviously. Yeah, and Instagram. I was like a was major creep. Bitch, yeah. <laughs> I was a real creep, for sure. We both were. Though he unfriended me on Facebook because he's the diva and I'm not. <laughs> oh, so was he like, right, I just have to block you out completely? Yeah, that was his technique. Oh, Whereas gosh. I was like, And you would have noticed and gone. <gasps> He's he's unfriended me. No, I didn't even notice. But um, his sister 
message me saying, don't take it personally. We all still love you, but ads has unfriended you. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so I went on Facebook and realized, and then Adam wrote to me saying, oh my God, my sister's such a drama queen, but I couldn't do it anymore. So, um, and did you have a new boyfriend at this time? Yeah. Yes. So I he did. was just like, I don't want to see the photos. I'm out. No, no. <laughs> and so when we caught up, um, in the UK, I was like, oh, I'm not doing this again. Like I love my life in, mm. in Tamworth. Um, I love being near my family. So I came home, but you know, lots of tears and lots of decisions kind yes. of feeling like at a real crossroads because this is, it's such life-changing stuff, deciding to be, choosing to be with somebody that you know so well. And, and I, he had seen so many iterations of myself because when we first met, I was a very different person. I was extremely broken, um, very sad, very, um, overwhelmed I suppose Mm. and he was such a rock during that period and then when we lived in the UK we were just traveling so much and lots of new experiences and fun but still young 25 Mm. um kind of the world at our feet and then I'd moved back here and and I was 28 nearly 29 and you just have a different idea you know you're starting to look for the person that you're going to share your life with and potentially Mm -hmm. have a family with and um I suppose your priorities are different and I was really Oh God, I was just at such a, a an anxious crossroads of thinking, do I want to choose this life where it is mm. going to be difficult? One of us is always going to have to sacrifice something. One yeah. of us are going to have to leave our family behind to live in the other person's home. Mm. And um stupidly I decided that that was a good idea (laughs) it was obviously a strong pull because you'd had other partners you'd tried to be apart for so long like two and a half years apart was it two and a half years apart because yeah 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 um nearly three yeah it's quite a decent chunk of time especially in your 20s Yeah. yeah absolutely and we had every opportunity to escape so um you know, it's not like you're going to run into him down at the pub. He's <laughs> yeah. in Wales. so <laughs> Isn't it um, fascinating that, you know, you're from completely different places, but you, yeah. you he, he's the one, you know, you've met, yeah. you know, they say there's more than one person for you, but yes. out of all the people that you'd met, he was yeah. the standout one that you could not leave. I know. I know. And I'd like, if you meet him, you'll, he has a complete charisma and he's definitely, yeah. his light, his light shines very brightly and I'm pretty woo woo. I'm into all that sort of stuff. So I'm sure that we've had past lives together because yeah. the, the connection and the chemistry is instantaneous. And we definitely, I mean, we have plenty of excellent Barneys and some <laughs> real blues, but we are each other's best friends and, and good, so a nice. really good partnership. Um, we're a good team, especially because I'm so good at writing and he's unbelievably dyslexic. So <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. helpful. <laughs> yeah, that's very helpful. <laughs> and he's really good at building stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. oh, and that's like, you can't fault that. Everyone and needs I to smush build a around the house. In a window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and um, um, yeah. So tell us about how you, yeah. So you came back to Australia thinking, oh my yep. goodness, like yep. I've just had this like. What are romance we do? again what are we going to do well yeah. we didn't even have romance he just laid his cards on the table and said this is oh, how so you I'm didn't feeling. even pass or anything no <laughs> no which is just wild oh, looking wow. back but he laid his cards on the table and I thought oh what time did hell. you spend together did you go out for dinner what did you do we went no we went to actually a, a um 
caught up at a food festival in London, mm. uh, which is not meant to be that romantic, but <laughs> then went to the pub afterwards and he laid his cards on the table and I thought, at nah, the pub? this is, yeah. yeah, I was like, no, nah, this is not, this is not going to work out. And it was kind of like a, a film from a movie because he kind of walked away with his hands in his pockets into a dark London <gasps> night and oh, wow. I was standing did you, there crying. Did you, did you say, no, I can't straight to her? Well, I just, well, yeah, about it. yeah, I did, I did. And wow. then um, he ended up dropping me at the airport when I was about to go home, drove from Wales to London to drop me to the airport, even though I was already in London. Um, so he drove three hours to, to drop mm-hmm. me at the airport. And um, we hugged and I didn't know what my decision was going to be. It I was see. a real, yeah. yeah, moment. And flew home and kind of just caught up in all of the what ifs and the decisions and the choices. Mm-hmm. Then I came home and still thinking about it. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And it's so um, composed though. It's very well done. To, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've really loved my life. Yeah. That's the thing, Kate. Like I'm so Australian. Yeah. I love my home. Mm-hmm. And Adam comes from the most magical place in Wales. It really is so different to my life so that the two are completely incomparable Mm. you really can't compare them because they're just so different he comes from this beautiful green hilly um eccentric home and family and and just so different and then mine is so Australian yeah so (laughs) I came home and I was waiting I was thinking about it and then his sister-in-law actually sent me a message saying you know I've just spoken to Adam I know this is weird but Um, we're getting married in two weeks and I'd love you to come to the wedding. And this was in Wales. And so I'd used up all my leave and I had no money. I thought, oh, mate, this is not going to work. But I went to my chief of staff at the news station and asked for three days unpaid leave. And she said, yes, because she's a mad romantic. (laughs) Yeah, they would have been um, loving the story. I know. And and Max is, (laughs) yeah, she's fantastic. We got along so well. So I flew to, from Sydney with hand luggage to London on uh, landed on the Friday and Adam picked me up and then the wedding was on the Saturday I flew back to Sydney on the Sunday yeah back to work (laughs) got back on the Monday back to work on the Tuesday live tv Tuesday night um and I look back and I think so tired it was just a pretty nuts thing but it was the most incredible experience because that wedding yeah it's a huge wedding and all of these people that I'd known throughout my life in Wales that those three years in Wales just welcomed me with complete love and open arms and energy and I've never felt so enveloped by community it was incredible so that decision to fly for the wedding must have been your yes not the deciding at the wedding like the fact that you went to all that effort you must have that that was you saying yes yep pretty much Uh, and I and being there at the wedding it was such a resounding success really confirmed my decision yeah so I went home I resigned from my job that was in the September um your boss would have been like why did I give you those three days yeah (laughs) I know I know I love her but um and then I flew over I think it was December 7 so moved out of my house and cried for like a week before I flew over not not that anything was set in stone and I wasn't going forever but it just felt like I'd made a real choice yeah um so I flew over to Wales and uh we had Christmas there, so cold, and then I went to India and did my yoga teacher training. So I decided while I was there I was going to just start to explore the things that I was really interested in but didn't think I'd ever do professionally. Yeah. So I went to um, India 
for a month to do my 200 hour yoga teacher training in Ashtanga Vinyasa um, style. Uh, in you know that means nothing to us that don't know yeah, anything well, about yoga right? anyone anyone who's listening who does maybe they'll be <laughs> yeah, like they okay will. cool they will. Like, that's awesome good on you <laughs> no. yeah they'll be like oh yeah I did that one too yeah, yeah, yeah. so I went um, to a really cool a yoga school called Sampuna Yoga on mm-hmm. a Gonda beach in Goa which was amazing it was a very cool experience awesome and when you decided to do that it wasn't to teach was it it was just to do the experience yeah. originally yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to deepen my understanding of the practice and something yeah. that had really helped me so much. So did I mean, you get I'd into always... yoga after um, losing your friend or was it before then? Yeah, I, I much more so after losing Maddie. I think I have always loved stretching, but honestly, I could not touch my knees. I was after I, 20 years of riding a horse and I was so oh. stiff and so, and I have mild scoliosis, which used to give me really bad back pain, mm-hmm. which used to wake me up at night or in the middle mm-hmm. of the in the morning um I used to be a bit of a gym goer and thought I was strong and I was fit from riding Mm. but I just had such a weak core which I didn't realize Mm. and so going to um as I got more and more into yoga my pain disappeared and um and it definitely was an avenue for me to work through my anxieties and Mm -hmm. and grief after losing Mads for sure so the fact that you are so flexible now and you could only just touch your knees before gives a lot of people out there oh. hope, including myself, that you just, it's with like anything. You just keep going, keep going. Yep. Little, little by bit little. at a time. Yeah. Little bit at a time. I cannot tell you how stiff I was, but I just really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people get into yoga for the physical aspect, um, you know, that they start to see results with their how they're feeling and their balance in their body and their alignment and just general feelings of well-being. But the body, the physical body really does offer this kind of vehicle into the inner world, which is where I started to travel as well. So mm-hmm. I became interested in meditation and yoga nidra and um, that mind-body connection and, and how we can facilitate those feelings um, of, of rest and, and relaxation and, and calmness. So, it, yeah, it was, it, it's been such a long journey and I think it's similar and relatable for a lot of people who mm. get into the power yoga because they want to feel good and have triceps and then yeah. um, they end up doing restorative yoga because that's how they really tap into their kind of rich inner world yeah. and and feelings of of being connected to source and something mm-hmm. bigger than yourself which is um definitely what I, I love exploring now don't get me wrong I love a sweaty vinyasa flow but I also really enjoy putting my legs up the wall and putting a wee bag over my eyes and setting my timer for 20 mm-hmm. minutes that sounds so amazing right now this is really inspiring me to get back into meditation to get back to using the dedicate meditation sessions because yes yeah, they really do make such a difference, even if it's five or 10 minutes. Oh, such a difference. And when I um, have stress, I go back to insomnia. That's my survival mechanism, which seems very bizarre. Mm, I'm the same. I, yeah, that's what's very close to the surface for me. And so if I um, am out of whack, that if the insomnia rears its ugly mm. head, and the only thing that I've found to be able to stop that, and it's not yoga, like the physical practice of it, but it's actually um, resting for 20 minutes, listening to a yoga nidra session, mm-hmm. um, which is like a guided meditation. And if I do that consistently, then my sleep improves tenfold. And I wish that someone had told me that because yeah. I would have, I think, you know, it would have made such a difference. Yeah, so where do I, you get those from? If, if um, I use an them. app called Insight Timer. 
and I really love a Canadian woman called Sarah Blondin. She does the most beautiful guided meditations and her her voice is so soft and lyrical and, and lovely. Um, and it's just 20 minutes, 20 mm. to 30 minutes, and it has made such a difference to my life. So I always try and encourage that. It seems really counterintuitive when you think you don't have enough time in your day mm. to do anything like that. But actually, once you start incorporating that into your day, you suddenly have so much more time because you have more focus, more mm. energy, more creativity, more to give. And I find it's the same with I exercise, do. you know, yes. I harp on all the time to people. If you don't have time, it's probably because yeah. you're not exercising, not because yeah. you are. You need it. You need yeah. it even more. It's so counterintuitive. Mm. Yep. And then when did Pilates and actually becoming a teacher come into the mix? Mm. So I did my yoga teacher training, absolutely loved it. And at the end, you have to do like you have to take your whole class or your whole, whole cohort through a lesson, which is yeah. so intimidating especially because it's two people that are knowledgeable isn't it yes and then taking 80 students through a a half hour routine when you've never stood in front of someone you know class Mm -hmm. like that and I absolutely loved it and the feedback was amazing and so um I thought oh maybe this is something I can do so I went home oh went back to Wales and started teaching uh just oh, at great. the local so it village was, hall. It was that soon. It was straight from doing it. You thought, yeah, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. And that's what they say. You know, even though you're feeling ill-prepared, just jump on in and just start teaching, yeah. even if it's at the village hall. And so I think I charged five pounds. I'd hire yeah. the village hall. Um, people would bring their own mats and I'd just take them for an hour. Really enjoyed it and started doing casual classes around Wales and getting stuck in. And then Ads and I actually moved to Wanaka in New Zealand in 2019. Yes, twenty beginning of 2019, January 2019. And I started teaching at a couple of studios there. And one of the studios, um, the Body Garage, which was then owned by a woman called Prairie Pritchett, who was just about to have a baby. And so she said, yep, you can have six classes a week. Yeah. Um, would you be interested in going and getting your Pilates training? I thought, oh, yeah, why not? I really enjoy Pilates. So I went and did my um, intensive mat course, Stott mat class course, and absolutely loved it. And I adore Pilates so much. Um, and that has become probably my go-to. I, I love teaching cool. Pilates even more than I do yoga. Wow, isn't it amazing? I love life, how it leads you to things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, Tom Knowles, who's a meditation teacher, he he calls it following your charm. Mm-hmm. So if there's something that just kind of flickers that you, you're really interested in, just follow it. And yeah. there's no harm in in doing it. You just never know what it's going to lead to. Yeah. So I went and did my training and I started teaching, absolutely adored it, and started incorporating them into one, which is yoga lattes. Um, so teaching yoga and Pilates in one class. Mm-hmm. And um, and now I'm really into reformer as well, reformer Pilates. So I'm doing that training as well, oh, which great. I really love. Mm. And are you still doing, obviously you're teaching on Dedicate, you're still teaching locally? Yes, I teach locally at a couple of different studios and hoping to teach reformer next year, perhaps, um, potentially. But all, all in all, like we were meant to be living in Wanaka and and that all ended up. You know, oh, yes, you have to tell smoke. the story. It was just the most ridiculous thing. But I think, you know, a lot of people have had ridiculous 2020s. So yeah. it certainly is small fry and compared to a lot of different stories. But we're living in Wanaka and Ads and I were coming back to And sorry, Australia. the reason you were in Wanaka, you didn't say, but I do know, guys. The reason they were in Wanaka was because they couldn't get visas for each other's countries because they'd yeah. already used them up. Yes, so that's right. It was Canada or New Zealand. And it, yeah. the um, visa came through first for, for, New, Zealand. The ads for yeah. New Zealand. That's right, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 
Yeah. And, uh, and like that bloody visa situation, I mean, oh God, I should be a visa lawyer by now. And, <laughs> um, and we literally just decided by almost pointing a finger on the map as to where we would live. My family are in the North Island. You must um, have heard your eyes open if you pointed at Wanaka. Well, we had traveled around (laughs) um, the South Island like 10 years prior and both had loved it. But we remembered quite a quaint little village, Alpine Village, which is hilarious what it is now. Um, So anyway, we're living at Wanaka, came over March 2020 to get married. I came over on the 10th. We were going to get married on my parents' farm just outside Tamworth. And and then COVID. We'd heard of this weird little thing called COVID just floating around in China, thought nothing of it. And then the news just started getting weirder and weirder and weirder. And my husband and his parents were in New Zealand traveling around and they thought, holy shizer, they booked their flight. Sorry, what they... date did you say it was in the 10th? So I flew in in the 10th. Yeah. And Adam, what date was your wedding? Our uh, wedding was meant to be the 4th of April. Okay. Yeah. Because and... we were even locked down by then. Yeah. yeah. And okay. then... Adam and his parents, I can't remember exactly what date it was, but they got in six hours before the borders closed to Australia. They literally slipped in through the net from NZ. What would have happened if they didn't? You and Ads would have been apart for... Yeah. And maybe yeah. it would have been like, well, that might be the universe telling us that know. Know we shouldn't <laughs> do this. Another crossroads. Exactly, yeah. because Australia wouldn't have um, let him in because he was an Australian citizen. And... It was just the most crazy thing. So we ended up being all locked down at my parents' farm, Adam's parents, my parents, my two sisters, myself. And you had a big 200-people wedding. And a big 200-people wedding and it was whittled down um, and we ended up having a handful of people get got married in on a Thursday or Wednesday afternoon in the paddock, hay bales as chairs, and um, mum made pulled pork. (laughs) (laughs) And we, none of the dresses were finished. It was all a schmuzzle. We did each other's hair and makeup. But it was really, at the time, like, I wasn't upset because it was such an exciting Totally, and it was something fun to be happening, whereas the rest of us, it wasn't too much Exactly. And also, we didn't know what the hell was going on. We're like, oh, my God, is this going to be our last hurrah? Maybe we're going to be dead in a month. Let's just get married. (laughs) It felt very much like a war wedding, you know, how I imagined them. So um, we had a wonderful time, and it was actually such a silver – it was a blessing because my parents and Adam's parents had never spent that much time together, Mm. and to have that time was just a total silver lining. Um, you know, we did dress ups every night and we played a lot of games and we had yeah, talent wow. shows and we went riding and we just had this extraordinary time that we would never, ever, ever have yeah, again. How special. Yeah, it is. It's really special, particularly now when um, Ads's mother isn't that well. And so. Oh, yeah, that's right. How's she doing? Um, yeah, well, it's all, we don't really know. I'm not mm. sure. But to look back on and, and to have that time together. I'm incredibly grateful and, yeah. you know, bugger the 200 people wedding. That, yeah. is, that means so much more. We would have loved to have had Adam's yeah, of course. sister oh, and sister. Yeah. his brother and wife. Yes. Um, but, you know, we were lucky to have them. Mm. And so they that's would why have we had... decided to go ahead of it, ahead with it because we didn't know when we would have both sets of parents yeah. in the same room again. Yeah. So we um, then tried to get back to New Zealand and they refused. So we applied three times over the next year to try and get back. But uh, as we all know, the borders were so, so tight. All all your stuff was there, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We had rented a little house. We had two cars, had all of our stuff, our ski Mm. gear, 
Adam's workshop, like everything. It was so wild that yeah. they wouldn't let us back. Yeah. And so you would think if you lived there, like yeah, what? I know. And we had jobs and yeah. Um, and then we unexpectedly fell pregnant, which was obviously a complete blessing and miracle, but not part of the plan. So we were living at home <laughs> with my parents, newlyweds, pregnant. I had literally brought a suitcase of sparkly things to wear at my wedding yeah. and had nothing. It was yeah. just bizarre. And then had a baby going on the way. But my aunt, who's a complete legend, flew from the North Island down to the South and packed up our house via Zoom over a week and like, you know, would hold stuff up and say Vinny's or send it or bin. And yeah. that was the three or say or sell it. Yeah. So Facebook Marketplace got a lot of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Love it, love it, love it. And so, and then you had Heart Key is 22 months old, you said? Mm-hmm. And yep. it's it's a Huckleberry. It's a very unique, cute, amazing name. Where did you get the name from? Uh, it, well, it just started as a joke. We yeah. were thinking of the most ludicrous names you could think of. And so we were like, oh, how hilarious would it be if we called him Huckleberry Herbert Humphreys? Um, and then we kind of looked at each other and thought, oh, I kind of love it. So, <laughs> oh my God, that's brilliant. It's definitely catchy. I know. And the whole family found, like just loved it. I found out what I was having gender-wise because I so wanted a girl as one of three girls and I'm just very much a feminine energy kind of gal. Yeah. And so I desperately wanted a girl, so I wanted to find out what I was having so I could temper my disappointment if it was not a girl. And um, it was my gorgeous boy who Aww. obviously I adore to pieces. Of course you do would never change and um is and yeah, that why you um Humphreys came. why you grew his hair so long because you're like <laughs> <laughs> no that's sheer laziness he had such a, a cool mullet and it yeah, suited his did. character yeah it but does. he's a very looks... sweaty child <laughs> oh but he looks so cute with a cut as well oh he's very handsome but he's yeah. just grown up he looks like he's about yeah. to shave oh and my go gosh. on a date it's so scary when they cut the hair isn't it oh I cried every so much. haircut yeah yep, it's like I... they age two years oh don't yeah I can't deal <laughs> He's still, that's why I force him to wear floral pants so that he stays a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So cute. (laughs) Right. Well, time is ticking and you've probably got stuff to do. So I've just got some fun questions. Oh, first of all, is there something, an experience or a life lesson that you've never shared on a podcast before that it would be unique now? Um. Oh gosh, I've been a bit of an open book. I'm sorry, Kate. It's all good. Everything. I don't know if I've spoken much about being in Africa, but no, I think it's all pretty. It's all right. You you can you'll you'll probably think of something random and you can say it in one of your classes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Questions coming up: Pilates or yoga? You've already Pilates. said Pilates. Um, weights or hit? Weights. Favorite dedicate workout. Um. Pilates. The one, well, no, actually, I love and I did a, I actually did a hit workout. So this is not, this is going against all of my yeah. answers with Anna last week before I got sick. And um, she was doing like the round the world things. I don't know, there were four or five different exercises and you did them 30 seconds each. And that was so hardcore, but I felt so good afterwards. Oh, it just feels and it so was a good. Mix, eh? Yeah, it was a mix of. Was it weights as well or weights. just? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's Ignite. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. It was Ignite. So Ignite is, yeah, I'd say it's probably our most popular workout on Dedicate. So there are two new ones each week and yeah, you just feel so good and it's only 20 minutes. 
yeah and it was only 20 minutes so I fit it in before I went and picked Huck up Mm -hmm. and it just I really loved the mix of a bit of cardio but not so much that I thought I was going to die yeah and some strength work which I really enjoyed and felt the next day so much in my bum and my legs so yeah yeah love it um yes yoga or be yoga yes yoga run or walk walk hate running so much that's right. Maybe saying that. That's right. Because when we're doing our photo shoot, you were like, "You, if I run, it's not believable." So we're it's not. It's not gonna... authentic. Yeah, it's not authentic. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we have horses and cars. <laughs> um, sunset or sunrise? Sunset. Horse or dashhound? It's like asking someone to name their favorite child, Kate. <laughs> You would be a, tough a one. setup. When I thought of that one, I was like, yes, this is going to get her. <laughs> oh, oh, that's just, it's impossible. You, you just physically can't answer that one. No, I can't. And if you did, you wouldn't live with, couldn't live with yourself forever. I'd never say it publicly. <laughs> my dogs can hear me. They're sitting <laughs> my feet. So now we know the answer. <laughs> Favorite city in the world? Off the top of your head. Florence. Oh, yeah. Um, favorite place in Australia? Mm. Oh, that's a tough one because there are so many different reasons for for loving them. I mean, we went to no, I wouldn't say it's my favorite place, but probably the most memorable was going to Uluru uh, oh, that would a couple be awesome. of years ago, and there is magic there. It feels mm. incredibly sacred. Something that should be on everyone's bucket list. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely on mine. That's like um, Aoraki Mount Cook, and you you've been there. And Ads has climbed mm. it, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. It I has. find that's just majestic and carries so much mana and mm. yeah mm. feeling. Mm-hmm. Favorite place in New Zealand? Oh, Wanaka. <laughs> champagne or cocktail? Both a champagne cocktail. <laughs> Um, margarita or mojito? I put that because you had a few margaritas. Yeah, yeah, I love a marg, <laughs> frozen or otherwise. <laughs> Blazer or leather jacket? Leather jacket. Boots or heels? Boots. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Tamworth or Wanaka? <laughs> <laughs> I um I know how to ask the big questions. Yeah, you. I I think that I will keep that answer to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Marmite or Vegemite? Vegemite. Hot or cold? Hot. Cook tea or dry the dishes? Cook tea. Never have to change a nappy, or never have to make a snack. Um, or a never child. have to never have to change a nappy. Have 10 kids or no kids? 10 kids. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Tank or T-shirt? T-shirt. Trackies or a dress? That's sort of a, a weird one. one. It is a weird one, actually. Because yeah, they're very different. <laughs> they are very different. <laughs> Tank sometimes. I mean, dress sometimes, trackies others. Yeah. And you definitely don't switch those ones around. Like, you no. There's definitely a place for trackies and a place yeah. for a dress. Okay, we'll cross that one off. We won't be, co- <laughs> we won't be copying that one for next week. Sorry, that question. Um, go to bed late or get up early. Um, I want to go to bed 
earlier, but Adam is a night owl and it is That's a struggle hard. trying to get him into bed because I'd rather go to bed at nine and get up earlier. Mm. But um, it's and so then do hard you find you like, share. yeah, I go to bed earlier than Mark now because I get up earlier. But I'll wake up most of yeah. the time when he comes to bed and then you can't get back to sleep. Or I can't sleep oh. because I'm waiting for him to get yeah, into bed. Yeah, it doesn't feel bed. right. Yeah. Or I sometimes I actually... I'm the opposite. It's so comfy when he's not yeah. there and then you'll get it and I'm like, why does oh. this feel like a rock now? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the weight goes down and, you know, yeah. makes the bed harder. We actually sleep um, apart quite a few quite a lot um, mm. if I'm getting up early or if I feel like I need a good night's sleep. And I was mm. listening to a podcast the other day, someone calling it a sleep divorce because apparently mm. you have to Charles... be careful, I think, of that. Oh, that yeah. You don't oh, yeah. You do wouldn't want to do it all the time or you yeah. would become flatmates. And I yeah. love, obviously, my husband. But um, I also am a very light, anxious sleeper in that because I think I've had insomnia so badly. Mm-hmm. I'm very protective of my sleep and I get really worried at the thought that I'm not going to get good sleep yes I do that and then it makes you not sleep because you're worried you're not going to sleep oh it's such a vicious cycle yeah Yeah. so I don't mind going and finding another bed and um yeah just knowing that oh that sweet sweet sleep of knowing you're not going to be disturbed yes and I I quite like sleeping in single beds and in sleeping bags as well oh no touching (laughs) yes no touching (laughs) (laughs) that'll be it but I also think it's because I never had problems sleeping as a child so Mm, kind of yeah you kind of it's like a sleep pattern that is a good one so you go yeah Mm, that makes sense okay knickers or g-string g-string I hate panty line and because I wear leggings all the time Um, and I do love my reco is booty, B-O-O-D-Y. Oh, I think they, you were telling me about this when we were in Australia. It's a bamboo, Aussie a bamboo um, company, and they just have the comfiest G-strings. Those and Intermissy, they're incredible as well. Okay, I'm definitely going to check them out because I've got some new ones because I sometimes don't wear underwear with my tights, but you yeah. do get camel toes sometimes. Yeah. It's not yeah. ideal. Um, and and I've got these. You have to wash them all the time. Yeah. I got these Skims ones that Kara recommended and they started out really great, but now I reckon they're making it worse. Like I'm mm. eating them. Just oh. <laughs> <laughs> and also you just, there's nothing more attractive, unattractive than digging out a G string. It's the oh, worst, yeah. you know? So I think you want something that's not going to move and it's breathable and comfortable. Mm. And so booty is that for me and intimacy is fabulous. They don't move they're yeah. very light, seam free. Um, yeah, it's, I've tried a lot because they've yeah. got to just sit just right under mm. a, a yoga legging. They do. And uh, under my shorts, like I pull them quite tight around the front. And uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather forget toothpaste or forget deodorant? Like if you're going on a trip. Oh, I would go and buy either of those. No, but you can't buy. You can't buy. (laughs) (laughs) You're in the middle of nowhere. I think um, I'd have to, I think I'd go without deodorant because I cannot bear having fairy teeth. Clean teeth. Yep. (laughs) Okay. One last question. This is a big one. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? Yep. Never be able to twerk again 
or never be able to online shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, um, Both not of those being able are to your... online shop would be a really good thing for my bank balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would be a healthy thing, actually, especially during COVID. I think I was panic shopping. I was like, the world's going to end. I'm really stressed. And you had no stuff. You had and no I had stuff. no stuff. So what started out as a very like, I'm I've just going to no get stuff. some I basics. To replace it. Yeah. yeah. To just compulsion. I was addicted. I shudder to think I would never look over those bank statements because mm. I think I just spent everything that I owned. Um, but I'm definitely an anxious shopper. And if something's not going right in the world, I'd soothe myself with retail therapy, yeah. which yeah. is not healthy at all and not helpful. You get that little instant dopamine hit and mm-hmm. then. And then you've um, still got the same problems like going yeah. overseas and trying to hide away from your problems. It's yeah, still, but you're just still poorer. There. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, just poor. But you've got nice gears. Yeah. Or but if you're like me, I do a lot of online shopping that arrives and I'm like, oh, it's fine. I won't send it back. Yes. And then you end up like, with crap. I just bought stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, I do a lot of adding to cart and it just sits in my cart and I just yeah. like to look at it. But I think also of what I so you, I try so you to psychoanalyze. So you're pretending yeah. that you're buying it. Yeah. I also I've psychoanalyzed myself so much around it. I think what I'm doing when I'm buying things is is that I'm imagining a future where I wear those things and everything's really cool, good in my life. I'm yeah. in control and I'm doing and you look amazing, and like I every look little amazing bit. and yeah. I've lost five kilos and all Mm. of those things which is not going to be the case and so um, exactly what you mean yeah so I think that's what it is so I've definitely choose the twerking I love twerking (laughs) oh she is guys if you haven't seen it head to our Instagram page and you'll find a video um Em has got moves she has got moves it is amazing so much fun to be around nothing compared to my sister look my we don't compare we don't compare but we would like to see her in action (laughs) Her bum is like a sack full of puppies, I swear. It is just, <laughs> it has a life and mind of its own. She's oh so goodness. good. We so need good. to see you both in action. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you something. Yeah, do. That'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much for your time, Em, and thank you for your contribution so far on Dedicate. Um, amazing sessions. I've done one. One? Yes, your I've done your Pilates, your first Pilates with the cans. Uh, yes, so yeah, good. Yeah. And then been looking at the feedback from the others, amazing. Anna's had such good feedback, and just your your vibrancy and your approach, and yeah, everything that you offer is a real asset to dedicate. So thank you so much for being on our team. Oh, thank you, Kate. It's so fun to be a part of it, and such a kick-ass cohort of women. I feel yeah. very lucky, real privilege. Yeah. yeah, it's we had really fluky didn't we um so some of you may not know this but when we were looking for a new yoga and pilates teacher i emailed grazie her who em writes for um to say you know do you do adverts because i just knew there'd be someone within the grazie her rural regional community that would be perfect and so i sent the email and she wrote back saying um you know it's not something we do uh no i'd actually spoken to sally that day and she said she would she knew someone locally potentially that could be good. Um, and then an hour later, M did a post on her Instagram saying that she was getting back into yoga teaching. And you never post about yoga and plays really, ever. No, because it's not really part of my, I suppose, my public persona. Like I, mm. I do a lot of talk about mothering and horses and living on the land in my journalism, but not really about yoga and Pilates. Yeah. It's kind of separate. Yeah. And so it was just the most fluky timing. Yeah, and so was. Sally message saying I've just found someone who will be perfect and yeah. I was like oh my god yes and then I was just like 
please say yes, please want to, please want to. And you did. So it's just like, oh, this is perfect. Yay. No, so it's good. been really fun. So yeah. fun. So cool. So cool. Well, thanks so much, lovely. Thanks, Kate. That's been so fun. Nice to chat. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you all so much for listening to the Dedicate podcast. We really appreciate your support. To work out with Em and I and our team of down-to-earth, fun and relatable trainers, head to kateivyfitness.com to get your seven-day free trial. If you enjoy our podcast, we would appreciate it so much if you could please leave us a five-star rating review. Also, if you enjoy getting to know Em and missed episodes with our other trainers, check out, among others, from Season 5, Hayley DeBuff, Motherhood, Miscarriage and the Juggle, Season 4, Mish Pavone, How the Postpartum Blues Led Me to My New Career, and Kate, Anna and Caro, Relationships, Our Stories, Challenges, Learnings and Highlights. Thanks everyone again for your support, it really does mean so much. See you next time, here or on Dedicate.